and welcome to the Quacks Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Lucas, your host, along with Brian, our other host. I am here. We are both here. <laughs> How's it going, man? It's good, dude. It's been, uh, it's been so, it's been weird. We had like, it was 90 degrees a couple days ago, and I was on my way here tonight, and it was freezing. I was yeah. like, I'm not equipped for it. <laughs> well, I, I went camping this last weekend. Oh my God. Yeah. And we picked a spot out and we looked up the weather and it was like 50 to 70 degrees. So perfect in the woods, all that stuff. It was freezing. Like, I don't know if the weather was wrong, but we were so cold in this tent. We were just frigid and we had our little dog with us <laughs> and, and the poor dog was like shivering at night. And so we were trying to like put blankets on him and like snuggle up with him. But he was like, no, I'm living my dog life. I don't, <laughs> I don't want blankets. And so like he kept getting out and like just shivering and walking around and it was, <laughs> oh it was awful. So we were, we were slated to do two nights, but we only did one night, but you know. Wow. You wouldn't have thought that this time of year normally is like prime camping, hiking weather. But I know maybe just another week or two and then it'd be good. It's all of these benefits we're getting from climate change. Everyone's poo-pooing climate change, but here in Phoenix, <laughs> we are benefiting. That's, that's right. <laughs> it's going to get so hot that it'll drive all the bad people away. We think, but if this climate change thing in my theory holds, it's going to be very tropical out this summer. Oh, nice. <laughs> You're welcome. Humid. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually take... Summer in Phoenix, any day of the week, 120, than ever spending another day in Savannah, Georgia in August. Yeah. that is brutal. That sounds terrible. It's like 110% humidity. Yeah, it's that's awful. But enough about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Did we really just talk about the yeah, weather we for about talking, five minutes? You know, talking about the weather, it's like one of the most boring things to talk it about. It is, but it's the only thing that, it's the only commonality that people have. We all live in the same weather. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. But, How are you doing? Anything new? Uh, no, not, not too much new. I mean, uh, that sounds boring. (laughs) Yeah. You had some kind of stomach bug. Did you get a stomach bug? I did, but I think that was food based. I think I I got a hold of some bad Brussels sprouts. Ooh. There is an argument that all Brussels sprouts are bad Brussels sprouts. I actually enjoy them, but I cook some for my daughter and myself. She got violently ill and I got a little bit sick. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't pleasant, but, uh. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I got to relive that horror. Yeah, you know, I just got to talk. You got to be, you got to be real, man. This is this is about being real, like food poisoning and all. You know. Oh well, it was very real. I'll tell you that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get on to the show. We have uh, an article and a couple other things we want to cover. But f- first, let's do this article that I found. Let's do it. Um, so this week, it's an interesting study from the mainstream media. I saw this on Fox and the Washington Post. And the article says, number of American adults not having sex reaches all-time high, report says. Wow. So basically, the Washington Post, they uh, analyzed the latest data from the General Social Survey on people aged 18 to 30. And they found that 23% of adults, so one in four basically, uh, said that they had not had sex in the past year at all. What? Yeah. And if you break this up into genders, that's 18% of women and 28% of men. So it's mostly men. But to give you an idea of how significant this is, 10 years ago, the rate for men was around 10%. So it's tripled in the last decade. 
along with broadband and uh, Wi-Fi I was I was not uh, making that connection. But I do think that that has something to do with it. If we we are being real, I definitely think that has to be part of it besides, what, hormones and food? I mean... The bank bailout? I don't know. (laughs) It's very suspicious, but I think technology definitely plays a role in that. And We're talking about the elephant in the room is porn. But I, I, (laughs) I, I would think that that definitely because... Of the access. I mean, obviously times are different than when I grew up. So, I mean, kids and people in their 20s, it's a whole different animal. So uh, that that's alarming though to me, but it's also like, okay. Yeah. Well, they gave a couple of reasons that I thought were kind of hilarious. Uh, they said that there's a decline in the number of men in their 20s in the labor force. And I guess there's other stats that show that your employment status has a lot to do with whether you're in a relationship or not. Because of confidence, maybe. Yeah, well, think, or that or funds. I mean, to date, you know, it's just it's a it's like a what are those things on Reddit? It's like a PSA, you know, get a job, get a girlfriend. They they kind of go hand in hand. They kind of do. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not a big sale. It's not a big sell or it's a hard sell to, you know, to pull it, you know, like, yeah. well, what do you do? Unless you're a trust fund baby. So the other factor they blamed was that more men than women live at home with their parents, which makes sex difficult. That's true. Yeah. Uh, lastly, they said that there are uh, more things to do now at 10 p.m. at night than there was 20 years ago, like Netflix and <laughs> social media and console games. You know what? There's something to that, too. I... I Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I mean, they're just pulling these out of their butt. <sighs> Maybe, but that's I wonder if this uh this trend holds true around the world or if this is just something that's local to the western the western world. I don't know. This was just in America, so who knows. Wow. I I definitely do know that fertility and stuff is dropping in a lot of the uh developed world compared to the emerging markets as they would say. Yeah, there could be a lot of arguments for that. I mean, obviously, um, everything from hormonal implementation to the food structure, uh, yeah, and anything. But that's crazy because it is almost like this, or maybe it's just the natural order uh, population control from the natural order. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, that's definitely happening. We're having population decrease with the le- less sex means less kids. I would imagine. Yeah, I, I thought you said new world order. No, no. <laughs> I'm like that's my other podcast. Yeah, it could be, man. Those, you know, <laughs> but it really could be. I mean, let's let's be honest. Maybe this is an accidental. See, those, you went down those the road. Freemasons, man. <laughs> See, you're trying to stoke the fire now. It's the Illuminati. <clears throat> we'll stick. We'll stick to what, Bohemian what we Grove, prove. bro. <laughs> it happens every year. Uh, so anyway, it's talking about sex. You uh, you had some stories about uh, men who were. I think men mostly who were at the health food store who had problems and right yeah had things turn around. Well, they definitely want to you know people who are having problems in that area. First and foremost, they want to talk to a guy about this stuff. So by default, I'm the only guy there sometimes. So I get saddled with this stuff, which is great because it's been a wealth of knowledge for me, and I got to see how some of these things turn out. But I had a guy come in that was plant based, had a vegan lifestyle, yeah, that had completely not had any libido and aside from not having any libido like had the mechanics to perform if he did have a libido for a long time for years 
um, where he just basically said, I guess that part of my life is over with. Um, and just so happened that he was trying a vegan diet for health purposes for other, you know, health related issues. And the offshoot was he just found himself being in his fifties and having a libido that resembled when he was 14, 15 years old. Like when you first start coming into your own as a man, as it were, you know, going through those changes and, and finding out what a libido is in kind of a crazed way. But he said that he was reduced to that state, almost like a primal. It changed <laughs> everything for him. Wow. And it, and it took, he said it was like after just a few weeks of eating a plant-based diet. So a vegan diet could look like a lot of different things, right? Did right. he like go into what his version of it was? So he did, you know, the first thing that he said he eliminated was dairy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he, he eats largely just literally plant uh, vegetables and fruit not even you know a lot of breads and stuff because i know that he's uh he said that wheat and flour and all these things are also things that he avoids so wow it was pretty interesting because it it I, that's definitely something that concerns me being a man in my 40s i go is the clock ticking on that side of things um and you start thinking about that sort of thing so yeah. it was cool um i just so happened to have a plant-based lifestyle so um i was like oh that's cool but uh, it's completely changed his life now we sell a ton of products so i get to hear a lot of different people come in and give their testimonials on what works what doesn't work yeah um and one of the big things that another guy that was talking to me about his libido was tribulus which is an herb yes um and it's in a lot of different formulations that are libido related but he was taking one in particular and said that he, he was taking it for working out and he'd already been having issues in that department too um and had prostate issues too which are also related to such things so yeah um he started this tribulus formulation and he said overnight he was having results um and when we're talking about results we're erections um that dog bark was right on cue. That was. Sound effects. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, that that uh, comes with the libido territory, obviously. But this, the other side of the libido thing is even having an interest. You know, what? why a waning interest? Why are these things? Obviously, they're test, you know, related testosterone, estrogen for women. Um, and it imbalances as such, um, whether it's diet-related, stress-related. But um, it's amazing how many things are out there. Yeah. That are worth taking a look at, especially not just jumping to big pharma and the blue pill. Um, there are a lot of other avenues to take, whether it's diet, like this vegan diet or tribulus, um, like this other gentleman, tons of stuff. Yohimbi, uh, horny goat weed is a big one too. So yep. She legit. She legit to quit. She legit. She legit to quit. Uh, uh. Lucas's eyes just got so... <laughs> You can't, so you can't clap on the podcast. <laughs> I just did. We're breaking ground here, guys. But yeah, so it's 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 cool. And I love working in the store for this fact that I get to see these things. You know, that didn't sound right. <laughs> He's doing the eyes again. And now I'm going, what did I say? But uh, no, I, you get to see what works and what doesn't work. And you get to see how many people are getting benefits from certain products. So that's been great. And Tribulus is definitely one that I see keep coming back. That no, is pretty cool. I no, mean, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> that is really neat. And I, I've definitely used uh, She Legit in the past. So I definitely want to have a, 
you know, like a, a show where we, we cover some she legit because that stuff is amazing. You, you know? gave some of that to me actually. Did I, I? Yeah. I like that too. Did it work? How did it work for you? It seems like it works better for me than a lot of other people I talk to. It didn't, I, I don't think I took it long enough and I'm gonna, okay. I, I'll, I'll revisit it, but I don't like to take too many things at once cause I don't know what's working and I had already been taking a different formulation. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I definitely felt invigorated, I guess is the best word. Yeah. Um, I don't know about enhanced libido, um, but I have heard from other people that it works for them. Can you just speak to what she legit is? Because it is kind of, yeah. Like- so it's a, it's a resin. It's a, it's not actually an herb. It comes from the Himalayas and it oozes out of these rocks during springtime months. And it's basically a, a fulvic acid mix. So it's kind of like tar, but not really. It kind of has the smell and taste of tar, but it's not. It's an organic compound that's like these fermenting plants in these rocks. And what it ends up doing is it increases your uh, – it stimulates your body to make this hormone called FSH, which is follicular stimulating hormone. And that makes your balls release more testosterone. And it works great. I mean – it just for confidence. The thing with men is it in some ways it is all about testosterone. Mm. It's like they live and die by testosterone. And literally they used to. Yes, literally. Yeah. The guy with the most testosterone won the battle. <laughs> that was it. But the the interesting thing also when you learn more about testosterone is you start to see, you can tell which guys are using like TRT and stuff like that. And they tend to be more ambitious, more, you know, goal oriented, confident. I mean, it just... If you are a man and you feel anxious and unsure about the world and stuff like that, you know, get your T levels checked because I bet you they're in the basement. And if you're really stressed, chronic stress, there's nothing that kills, you know, testosterone levels like chronic stress. So this is true. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And there's cool that there's a lot of natural stuff out there. I think you do have to be a little careful with uh, some of that stuff because it can mess with your blood pressure. It can mess with certain uh, cardiovascular things. And so you just have to kind of be a little careful. Yeah. Look at drug interaction stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, um, the she legit is kind of a newer thing. Um, but that is just crazy to me how that, how it's produced. And it seems like something out of a sci-fi. I know. And the studies are pretty robust. I mean, they show 25% increase in testosterone over, I want to say three months or something like that. And most of that increase is in the last month, which is interesting. The first two months when they look at those guys, it's like 5% increase in testosterone. But the last month is when they get the real bump. Wow. Um, but for some reason for me, I'm so sensitive. Like I can take it for a couple of days and I feel like more confident and, and all that stuff. So, Well, I think libido in general is definitely related to just overall drive and existence, you know, just getting up in the morning sometimes. Um mm. Not to say that you're getting up because you want to have sex or you want to impress the opposite sex or whatever it is, but there is something to that libido factor. Like, I'm just going to be real. Like, if there's a work crush or somebody at work that you you have a certain draw to or chemistry with, it makes work more exciting and more bearable, you know, in some ways, you know. Or And that's just, I think, a small fraction of what the libido is but i i do see that as being something that is a driving factor for people mm-hmm. um and the older you get obviously you lose some of that libido and maybe even the, that drive to do things because you think but i've seen it be reinvigorated through people just building up their libido working out 
Mm-hmm. Even working out. I mean, working out is going to boost your t- natural testosterone levels um, and help to, you know, stimulate some things that might have fallen by the wayside. I remember watching one time this YouTube video about this guy who did like steroids and talked about steroids. And apparently there's this movement in the steroid community where guys will take testosterone or they'll want to take steroids. So we're not talking like testosterone replacement therapy. We're talking like huge testosterone levels. They want to place it to, they want to take steroids for just a little while to kind of get a little bit of muscle and then like go natural. You know, they want like just a shortcut. But what they find is when they take the testosterone, when they take the steroids, their drive is so much higher. They want to go work out. They want to go do all these things. And when they stop taking it, all that plummets and then they, they can't go work out. So it's, there's so much in, you know, there's so much ingrained with hormones and how we see the world and how we're oriented. Right. Um, and what opportunities come our way versus which ones don't, um, you know, just, just something I think about sometimes is you don't see a lot of like high testosterone guys in, um, like caring for the elderly <laughs> and it just doesn't happen. They're not oriented that way. You yeah. know, there's something about, and that could be true of women too. I'm not just, I'm not just saying guys, it could right. be true of women who are high testosterone too. So I don't know. It's just, it's really interesting stuff. It is. Do you, uh, what's your take on glandulars? What do you think? So about you're that? talking like adrenal glands, yeah, like thyroid bovine glands. Tes- and stuff yeah, like exactly. That. What people take for testosterone. Yeah. And even, and I think orchic, that's the test, testicle some yeah. guys eat that i mean we, we sell a product that is literally ground up bull testicle wow yeah do you snort that or <laughs> i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know they they can be very powerful they can be very destabilizing you know they're it's like taking a whole cocktail of hormones and tipping it back and there you go <sighs> um I'd say the the best results I've heard is from thyroid glandular. Okay. I've actually, you know, talked to people who use it regularly and say, yeah, this is great. Adrenal glandular would probably come after that. And then the other stuff is a little bit more dicey, you know, the testicles and all the liver and stuff like that. I think you can run into more problems with that than you can those first two, but... It I mean, literally that's just is experience. making me nauseous even thinking about <laughs> those sitting on the shelf like that and like, uh, I just... I don't, obviously the plant-based thing is, plays a part in that, but it just seems weird to me to, but then again, what, what, what native cultures, what would they do? They totally. would eat all of that stuff. Yeah. And that was their, that was their medicine for They stuff. did crazy stuff like Montezuma, the guy, I think, who was Montezuma? Was he an Amazonian or I, I don't know what. Montezuma, I think was, he was up here, wasn't he? No, he's like no. South America. Was he? I don't know. Am, like, I just know that he had a lot of revenge. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the actual guy Montezuma, not the parasite. The actual guy Montezuma, like he used to drink like was as 50 cups of like hot chocolate before he would go to his harem, you know? Really? Wouldn't be surprised if they put a little testicle in there too. I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, they that was definitely a big a big thing part of the part of the cultures, but um yeah, yeah it's, now they bottle it. So, yeah. Great. So, we ready to move on. I think we are. All right. We've covered the the libido stuff. So I just want to touch on one more thing from last week. And I'm sure everybody has heard enough about EMF, EMR, you know, for the entire year. (laughs) But there was a recent study that I felt I really needed to bring up because some of its findings affect my recommendations from part two of last 
you know, of the podcast from last week. Okay. So I talked a lot about how to build a Faraday cage and shielding material. Um, and I want to amend that because this study, and it was just published at the end of February this year. So a couple months ago, uh, it's not that long. And it comes from uh, the National Center for Scientific Research in Athens, Greece. And in that study, the author reviews the current methods of shielding EMR out there, including Faraday cages, special paints, silly pendants, and other methods that we <laughs> talked about. I hate those damn pendants. I wish you guys could see his face when he was just even saying pendants and the and the movement that he did to describe <laughs> that. I could sense how much you hated them. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, so they talk. This is actually an interesting story. So they talk about some of the drawbacks to shielding. Apparently, there was a study in the '60s in Germany where they put two groups of people in these underground apartments. So one was completely shielded from EMR, so like a Faraday cage, mm -hmm. and the other was not. And the research. They, the researchers, they studied these two groups. Uh, neither of them knew which was in the shielded apartment. So it's blind. So what they found was that the people who stayed in the Faraday cage began to have problems with their circadian rhythm. So there's this atmospheric natural EMF that we are all exposed to called the Schumann resonance. Yeah, really? discovered by a guy named Schumann. Okay. And this EMR has been with humanity forever. And it's an integral part of our body's ability to keep track of the 24-hour day. Wow. So living in a Faraday cage cuts you off from those natural frequencies. So these people who were cut off from the frequencies, they desynchronize. And their biology starts living as if the day is 29 hours long. What? So this can cause depression, sleep disorders, impulsive behaviors, and mania, uh, cardiovascular disease, increased cancer risk. What? Where are these naturally coming from? So it's a Schumann resonance. It like comes from the sky and the earth and the sun. It's what? like this natural EMF that is always with us. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, Navy soldiers who work and live in submarines, they have a lot of these same issues because... They are basically in big metal tubes underwater and cut off mm -hmm. from the Schumann resonance. Wow. Yeah. So the researchers found that when they placed an EMF emitter device within the Schumann or that, that corresponds to the Schumann resonance in the metal shielded apartment, those desynchronized effects went away. So actually, the paper recommends that if you work in like a metal box or if you work in any kind of like closed in space with metal all around, you need to get outside as often as possible so you don't desynchronize. So like the receiving area of the store that yeah. I used to spend my every waking hour. Well, I mean, is it metal all around? I mean, you got oh, the man. door. And yeah, I felt really off when I worked in there. Yeah, no, because I had the freezer door and I had all those walls and I had... Oh, interesting. Where they tore the wall down because I had the fridge on both sides. Oh, wow. So I definitely felt major effects from that. And I actually made jokes about it all the time, but I think it was there was something to that. Wow. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah. So I found online there are several Schumann resonance emitters that range in price from $50 to $300. I'm not sure how well they work, but I'll put the links in the show notes. And so if you do build one of these Faraday cages, maybe a good idea to get one of these things. Mm. Um, the paper also found that not only are those silly pendants useless, like we talked about, <laughs> they can actually amplify or strengthen any EMR that hits it. What? 
<laughs> so if you have one of these things against your body, it can become a hot spot, which is like the exact opposite reason you are buying this stupid little thing. Oh, gosh. And by the way, this is also true of shielding. So, you know, if any shielding can become a hot spot. So if you have a Faraday cage made of like aluminum screen door material, touching the cage will transfer some of what it's blocking into you so what the heck you just want to be careful the authors recommend avoidance like i said best case scenario you move but if you're going to be shielding it can be a little iffy if you're not done properly and i just wanted to make sure this was out there get a schumann's schumann resonance emitter if you're going to live in a faraday cage so you don't desynchronize and hurt yourself i'm gonna go live in a cave after this (laughs) i wonder if you can get i wonder if a cave gets schumann emitter stuff I'll have a, uh, yeah, a Schumann, what are those things called? A Wi-Fi yeah. uh, extender. I'm going to get a Schumann extender for my cave. Well, they they build like little pocket ones too. Like you can put one in your pocket and people dig them. I don't know. I don't know what it is about. but This world is weird. It's cool, man. I like it though. Yeah. All well, right. That was cool. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I got. Yeah, that's that's what I got off uh, my shoulders and my plate, and more than more than enough. And looking at your face right now, you're he's giving me the let's wrap this up, guys, face. <laughs> so, thanks for listening, guys. If you have uh, any feedback for us, email us quackspodcast at gmail dot com. Sorry that's about it. that. We're also on iTunes. We're everywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. You can get us get the podcast anywhere you like. SoundCloud. And next week we're going to talk about boron. Really interesting stuff. If you have arthritis or weak bones or low hormones i mean the stuff is amazing so you're really going to want to listen in if you have any of those issues i'd like to find out more yes all right thanks everybody be well Right.